few months and thinking about it and working on it. So um, I just want to start out by telling you just a little bit about my past. And I was uh, born and raised in a Christian family. Um, I was just really blessed that way. I always knew that Jesus loved me because when I was a baby already, my mother would sing to me. Uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. She would um, say little Bible verses to me. She would tell me that I love Jesus and that I would go to heaven someday. And she just ingrained this in my life um, from day one, really. And um, so I grew up on the west side of the state, and I have two brothers and one sister. Uh, we went to church every Sunday morning and every Sunday night, catechism, um, the, the whole nine yards. I went to a Christian uh, parochial school, and I think um, one thing that would characterize me as a child is I was a parent pleaser. I always wanted my mom and dad to be happy with me. Uh, that didn't always sit well with my brothers, who were mischievous and much naughtier than me. And so um, they didn't like it that I was this little goody two-shoes, I guess. But um, actually, when I think back, in a way, it was a blessing because I made a lot of choices based on that. I didn't want to disappoint my parents. Um, but at the same time, it, it, you know, I, I think that there were a lot of insecurities and um, you know, maybe not not standing on my own two feet a lot, but you know that's just who I was. Um, I did have a defining moment in my life. You know, just because you grow up in a Christian family and your mother and father and your environment tells you that that you're saved, that you're going to heaven, it doesn't happen by osmosis. So I was um, 18 years old and I was in church on a Sunday night. And the Spirit was really, uh, really working on me that night. And at the end of that service, we stood up to sing a song. Um, and the love of God just was so overwhelming to me. It's like I just, I just couldn't resist him. And um, I still remember the song we were singing. I probably never heard of it. But it was, Oh, Jesus, I have promised to serve you to the end. And then it goes on in the words of that song. Also, I think, like, I'm singing this, and it just moved me so much that that was the night that I surrendered my life to God and made him Lord of my life. So um, I got married when I was 21, been married to Jim for 47 years. And it's a long time, but I just, <laughs> I, I just want to say that marriage takes a lot of work. You can look at couples and think, oh, wow, they have an, a fabulous marriage. But you know what? No marriage is perfect, and all marriages take a lot of work. So we've had uh, times of rocky, rocky paths we've walked down. We've had smooth paths. And we've had some really fantastic mountaintop experiences, and we've had valleys. And it just goes on. We've had times of conflict and fighting. And um, when you have to fight not to fight, you know, and then we've had times of peace. But I believe it was because of our commitment to each other and to our, our children and families and the Lord that we made it this far. So I just thank God for that. And I have to say, I would not change this marriage journey for anything. God gave me a faithful, godly man, and I am so grateful for that. 
before I left tonight, he put his arms around me and prayed for me. So that was, that was really special. So we came to C3 about 15 years ago. And um, I was probably only here about a year or two. And I had an experience um, that shook me a little bit. Uh, a well-respected, looked-up-to woman in leadership challenged me one day. And um, somebody had shared a testimony, and it had really moved me. And I was just telling her how much that testimony had meant to me. And she asked me what my testimony was. And so I told her about, you know, a little bit about my upbringing. And I was raised in a Christian family and always knew, you know, that God loved me. And I'd never had a dramatic, traumatic um, conversion, you know, um, then she said to me, well, how can that be? Are you sure you're saved? <laughs> and, um, and how do you relate to others? So I knew I was saved, and I knew I was so thankful to God for my heritage, and, and I was spared a lot of pain in my life, I believe, because of that. And I, I knew the truth about my salvation, but what she said, just it didn't sit well with me. Just it bothered me, and, I, and it kind of distanced me from her for a while and maybe from others for a while because it's like, okay, how am I going to fit in here? So um, over the next few months, I, I guess I just kind of thought about this, and, you know, I would watch the children at church, and their parents would bring them every Sunday all dressed up nice and to church school and Wednesday nights, you know, the children's choir would sing. And I think it was about the time that um, they were considering having a full-time children, full children's pastor. And I'm like, really? You know? And um, one day the Lord just spoke to me and he said, Jan, you have, every parent in this church wants for their children. This is what you had. And it just brought me such a relief. Um, it just, um, it just like the guilt, almost guilt that I was carrying for this, which was very conflicting, just took that all away. And, and it was just like, yes, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, but I want to say that just because I grew up in a Christian family and, you know, it doesn't mean I had a perfect life. Absolutely not. I had a lot of problems. I had a lot of um you know, not not painful, um, degrading, or um, problems that affected or would affect the rest of my life. But I had, like, a lot of insecurities. Kids were mean to me. And I, you know, they would say nasty things, and I always got pushed to the back of the line. And, you know, I, I could never quite make it where I wanted to be. But, you know, because of what my mother taught me, I always had a place to run to. I always had a safe place because I had a Father God who loved me. And I can honestly say that I have never, ever, ever doubted his love for me. And I believe it's because it was etched so deeply in my mind and in my heart from my mom, from Sunday school, from, you know, the little Sunday school songs that we used to sing that taught us such truths about God and his love and... Um, the Bible verses that we had to memorize, um, it was just etched really deep in my, in my uh, mind and in my heart. Um, about a month ago, I read through the Psalms, 
And it was really neat because I came to a couple verses uh, about this very thing, being, you know, knowing Jesus and being brought up um, in a Christian home. And Psalm 22 says, but you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. And then in Psalm 71, it says, For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you I have been upheld from birth. You are the one who took me out of my mother's womb, and my praise shall continually be of you. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. So I want to share my... Am I popping because this is too loud? Okay. Um, I want to share my favorite verse with you, and I made little bookmarks for everybody. Um, so I think that there's, there's more here if we don't have enough. Yeah. My favorite verse is 1 John 3, verse 1, and it says, What love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. <clears throat> and that is who we are. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another version says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. But I paraphrase it. And my paraphrase version is, What love the Father has lavished on me, that I should be called his daughter. And that is who I am. So um, the first two words of that, what love? You know, I think about that. What, what love? What, like, what kind of love is this? And John must have... Um, looked at it with awe and wonder, too, to even write it that way. So um, I, I thought about some words that describe this love of, of our Father, um, and it's incredible love, it's amazing love, sacrificial love, it's unusual love, great, it's undescribable, persistent, never gives up. I think I should just come this down here. <laughs> Um, it's unconditional, everlasting, and it's deep. It's so deep, we cannot begin to fathom it. God's love is so far out of the realm of what we think love is. We can't really even begin to wrap our heads around it. And all of Father's characteristics, like his kindness, his gentleness, his peace, hope, um, mighty warrior, protector, redeemer, they're all wrapped up in that one word, love. He is our all in all. He is all we need for all our needs. God is love, and everything he is is love. His love is all about us, all about us. It's all about us, but it's all about us. <clears throat> and this is why he created us. God, our Father, created us so that he could have a love relationship with him, or he could have a love relationship with us. Now, sometimes I try to get a handle on how much God loves us or me by thinking about my children. And if you don't have children, uh, maybe you have nieces or nephews or, or, or something. But for a parent... Um, I would say that this helps me to think about how much I love my children. And I remember back to when I wanted to have children. And, you know, I wanted to have children 
to love and to nurture and to train up. Um, I wanted them to be so close to me, to have a, a, this relationship with me that was good. I wanted to teach them everything I knew about life. And um, I had dreams for them. I had lots of dreams for my children. Um, some of them came true, and some of them didn't come true. It's your brother. <laughs> it is my brother. I'll pick him up later. So I think that this is just a tiny bit about how God looks at us, you know, how much he loves us. That's the closest that I can come to, um, to knowing what that love is like. And God, our Father, also has dreams for us, just like we have dreams for our children. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He has dreams for us, and his love is perfect. But I think that his love, like I was saying before, is really foreign to us because it's not the way that we experience love here on this earth um, with anyone, not with our mother, our father, not with our husbands or our children or our friends. Um, they let us down. But God's love, he never lets us down. And um, this is why I just believe it is so vitally important to immerse ourselves in the truth about his love. Just, I'm going to say that again. It's vitally important to immerse ourselves in the truth about our Heavenly Father and his love. So I guess the question would be, how do we do this? Well, I, I believe that the first thing that we have to do is to get it into our minds, you know, God loves us. God, God loves me. And we read it in the word. Read the word. It's in there over and over and over. And it just, you know, every time you read it, that, that etch gets a little bit deeper. Um, we need to hear it. We hear it from our pastor. We hear it from um, pastors on the radio. We hear it in songs that we, we listen to. And that, that little etch just that keeps getting deeper and deeper. And I think that we need to see it. We need to see God's love. We need to see what Father God is like. And for me, that's the birds, the flowers, the skies, um, the clouds, the sunsets, you know, the rainbows. And every time I see, see that, it, it just it touches me because I know that my Father put that there. And he's the creator, and he loves me. And it etches just a little bit deeper um, we need to speak it. When we speak it, that reinforces it, and we hear it again. And, you know, I, I think that after we hear something so many times, I don't know what the number is, but there's a certain amount of times that you hear something and you believe it about yourself. So we just need to keep doing that until that etch turns into a groove, and that groove gets deeper and deeper and deeper, and it gets so deep that nothing can affect it. But something else has to happen, too. That's head knowledge. A lot of people know God. They know that God is a God of love, but um, they, they don't um, have a relationship with him. So we have to, what's in our minds, what's etched in our minds, we have to take into our hearts and embrace it. And we have to embrace this truth until we know that we know that we know who we are, and it becomes part of our life. In fact, it becomes our life.
It's our, it's our identity. It's who we are. It's who we are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. And I just want to encourage you to do this um, same thing with your children, your grandchildren. Um, some of, there are grandchildren. Some of us have grandchildren whose parents aren't teaching them this. But you can do that. Every time you're with them and see them, just get that going. And uh, that etching will get deeper and deeper and will become a deep groove. And it'll become part of their life if you keep doing that for them. So, um, lavished. What love the Father has lavished. I love that word. It's not a word we use very often, but last Wednesday night, uh, Pastor Tim used the word lavished. And I thought, oh, I'm going to talk about that Wednesday or Tuesday. So that was kind of cool. Well, Father has lavished so much love on us. And um, that word means something extravagant, generous, costly, grand, splendid, profuse, elaborate, impressive. In other words, Father outdid himself. He gave us the full measure of his love. There's nothing, no more love he could give us. He gave us all of it, and it's infinite. So I had to look up some words that were the opposite of lavish, and they're really not very nice words in a way. Um, frugal, cheap, economical, thrifty, they get worse, scant, stingy, lacking, selfish, tight-fisted, impoverished, and measly. So our Father lavished his love on us. And so then I ask my question, why? Why would he do that? Like, who am I? You know, who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name and would care to feel my hurt? Who am I that the bright and morning star would choose to light the way for my ever-wandering heart? And it's not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. And you told me who I am. I am yours. He's told us that we're his daughters. And that's why he lavished his love on us, because we are his. We're his daughters, and we mean everything to him. So on the sixth day, God created human beings. And in Genesis 1, uh, 26 and 27, he said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them and breathed his breath of life into us. Why? You know, like, why would he create human beings and in his image? We're so different from the animals. In fact, why would he even create anything at all? You know, I mean, he was God. He was already the king and the ruler, and he had his angels. Like, what more could he want? But... Our Father created us because of his nature, because he is love. And it was his very nature to have someone to love who would love him back in the same way. So he said, let's create people just like us to have a relationship with so we can love them and they can love us. So Father God had a plan all along to do this because, you know, he had already created a beautiful place for us to live and um, to be with him. And so, out of his incredible love, he created mankind. 
He created us to have a relationship with him. And we are the crown of his creation. We are what his creation was all about. We are his masterpiece. And Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, which means masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And this is just another way that our Father lavishes us with love. He loves us so much that he had a plan for us, a purpose for our life. He created us to have a relationship with him, but I feel like he went one step further and said, you know, I'm creating you to do this. I'm creating you with this purpose. I'm creating you for this reason. And um, he did this before we were even born or conceived. Now, Psalm, I just want to read Psalm 139, a couple of those verses, because I, I think that God put everything into us that we need to do what he's calling us to do. So, um, starting with verse 13, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. That is just amazing. That just is mind-blowing. So he designed us and put into us exactly what we needed to be his masterpiece and that we could fulfill his purpose or his calling on our life. He didn't just say to me, like when I turned 18 years old, Jan, you're going to be a nurse. Deal with it. No, he gave me everything I needed for this calling. So, like, when I was a little girl, I was um, four years old, and um, my dad had a spinal fusion. Now, back in those days, that was probably about 1953, um, it was different than it is now. They did spinal fusions, and they put people into a body cast for several weeks. So, he came home from the hospital. I can still see this. Him laying on a gurney, the ambulance had brought him home. I can still see them bringing him through the kitchen kitchen, and bringing him to the bedroom. So, um, you know, I just started trying to help my dad. You know, and I would bring him whatever I thought he needed, you know, magazines, water, um, whatever. And as time went on, um, I remember very distinctly when it was time to eat, that he was, when he was able to get up and, and come to the kitchen table, that I would go and um, to his room, and he would sit up on the side of his bed, and then he would put his hands on my shoulders, and I would walk him to the table. And what was so cool is he would tell me, oh, Jan, you're such a good little nurse. Oh, you know exactly what I need. Oh, you do this so good. Um... You're, you're just so good at helping people. And that began to grow in me. And so um, God just, that was God's way of putting a desire in me to help people who were physically sick and unable to take care of themselves. Um, so I just believe that that was one way that he lavished his love on me. 
that he would actually design me and, and put in me every unique thing that I needed for this calling and just give me all the tools that I needed for, for this. So um, I say, like, yeah, really, who am I that you are mindful of me and that you care for me? But he's a good, good father. Um, I have to say that it doesn't always happen like this. I think sometimes it's difficult to figure out what we want to be when we grow up, um, what God wants us to do with our life. But what I want to share with you that, um, and share this with your, your kids too as they're growing up, to just seek him and ask him to put his desires into your mind and into your heart. Lord, what, what, what do you want me to be when I grow up? Give me desires for that. And um, may your desires become my desires. Because when his desires become yours, you are in his will. And he gives you the desires of your heart. And then if we honor him and glorify him by this calling and on, that he's placed on our life, and, and even no matter what we're doing, even if when I'm not being a nurse, I was still created to glorify him. Father God wants to be close to us. This is another thing about his lavished love. And he draws us with his loving kindness. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. He woos us. He draws us. He so much wants our love and our trust and the relationship with him. And um, he loved us so much that he sacrificed his life, his son's life, and this is the ultimate love. This is something that we can never wrap our heads around. It's just, it's unfathomable. It's ununderstandable, and we should never take it for granted or take it lightly what he did to redeem us, to pay our debt and buy us back. Um, like, how many of us would die for a friend? We might say we would, and it's easy to say that we would do that, and there probably are people who have done that, but I don't think it's that easy. Um, I think it would be very hard. Um, some people die for people that they don't know, and, you know, the policemen, the military people, the firemen, you know, the heroes, and um, that's, that's awesome. Um, I think that most of us would die for our children or our grandchildren, but, you know, our love for them is so deep. And we've sacrificed for them. We've invested so much of ourselves in them. We'd do anything for them. But people who hate us and hurt us. But, you know, Jesus gave his life for us in spite of us turning our backs on him and not wanting to have anything to do with him. So you can get ready for that song. So... What I wanted to say about this is, do you know that you can do nothing more to make Father love you more than he does right now? No matter how hard you try to do better, to do more, to give more, Father will not love you one iota more than he does right now. He's already given us the full measure of his love, his infinite love. There's nothing more that he can give you. We already have it all, and all he wants is a relationship with us. We are his daughters. He's adopted us and called us his very own, 
He's lavished his love on us. <laughs> this is for my OCD friends. <laughs> the pages are numbered. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to say that we need to choose to believe Father's love. Choose to believe the truth. Don't make it hard. Choose every day over and over and over. He's a good, good father. He's lavished all his love on us. Don't resist him. We need to just give ourselves over to that love. And um, I just want to end this by singing You're a Good, Good Father. Um, I think you all have the words, so you can start that, Christy.
He's a good, good father. I'd just like you to um, bow your heads. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy what father has for you. But no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against us shall ever prosper. Is your heart right with father? Or are you fighting his love because of something that happened in your life? If you are, release it, because that's not who you are. We have an identity in Christ. We are his daughters. And I speak over each sister here, Father. Give us a fresh revelation of your love. Holy Spirit, open our minds and our hearts to receive and embrace Father's love. If our hearts have been deceived in the past, speak truth into us. We want to make this our identity, that we are your daughters, and you have lavished your love on us. Give each one of us a personal word of your love. I come against any fear or mistrust, because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And I speak a trust over each one of you, over each one of us, that we would trust you, Father, with all our heart, all our soul, 